I believe there's a hero in all of us. You have great powers, only some of which you have yet discovered. I'm a superhero, Mama. A real life superhero. The world needs extraordinary. We will make you a superhero. Are you ready to become the hero? Initiating surprise in three. This two is one. The real Brian show. Holy crap, it's been two weeks already? Well, thank you to those of you who, by the way, sent some very nice notes over. Said that you missed the show last week. I mean, that means a lot. I really appreciate that. But here's the deal. We're back. We're back. Ready to nerd out? Send some encouragement and positivity your way. Captain, your mother sends me encouragement every night. I'll take the rapists for 200. That's therapist. <laughs> Let's rock it, Alex. Welcome to The Real Brian Show. Thank you for joining me. How is your mother? Wait, never mind. She's here. She's sitting over there. <laughs> Tell her hi, Alex. No, I will do that. Uh, yeah, well, thanks for joining. Ah. We've been gone two weeks. I uh, I got lost at your mother's house in Phoenix. That's easy to do. And she doesn't live in Phoenix anymore. She doesn't Sorry. live in Phoenix. Oh, well, she did, right? Didn't she? Once? Someday? She keeps a place there. That's probably why you oh, got well, lost. Oh, well, see, that's why I got lost. She wasn't even there in the first place. Well, I did go to Phoenix, though. It was a lot of fun. And I know. I, I was having a great time until I had to come home. <laughs> it is. Oh, come on. It's cold, man. Uh, it, we, we went is from. Again? We went out to 82 degrees. Just glorious, man. We come home, it's 40. You know, actually, it was like 82 to 87. And then we come home, it's 40. And then it actually warmed up over the weekend when we got home. I think we hit 65, which was great. And then back down to the yeah. 30s. And I just thought, and windy. <sighs> wow. See, yeah, we're, we're having great weather here in Des Moines. So that's uh, good. It's still nice here, but that's probably because the front that you're dealing with hasn't hit us yet. So yeah. well, it, it warms yeah. up and cold, cold, colds down. Love that spring weather. Hey, it's spring, by the way. Happy spring, Oh, yeah. Happy spring, everybody. Happy March Madness. That's in full swing. Talk about that in a minute. Oh, yeah. I'm doing a little, uh, you know, shout out to my other... I got a lot of teams I like. But, dude, it was a nice week off. I got to tell you, though, I wasn't ready to come home. It's just... Man, a week's not enough time. I did that sabbatical back in 2016. You and I have talked about that. I've mentioned it on the show before. Mm-hmm. It was one of the best things I've ever done. And it was cool because it was... You know, that first week, you're kind of sitting in your chair drooling from exhaustion. And then that second week, you're kind of like, okay, now I'm finally relaxing and I'm kind of enjoying the time off. I'm not thinking about work anymore. I'm just enjoying. By that third week, I'm going, I'm starting to get a little more energy now. I'm still enjoying my time off, but I'm, I'm almost ready to go back. And by that fourth week, I was going crazy. Like, I got to do something, man. I got to work. Yeah. So I need sounds that Sounds like you, you went into retirement. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. Well, that's, that's kind of the sabbatical thing. But I, I do miss having more time than just a week because the week wasn't enough. I mean, I was like, oh, you refreshed. I'm like, no, I'm not this time. It's not good, man. But uh, dude, Phoenix was nice, yeah. dude. Uh, beautiful desert. I know I've been there in a long time, actually. It's funny. It's kind of like, crowded, isn't it? I, not really because it's so spread out. It actually <laughs> really? feels, I mean, there's just no matter where you drive, there's city, but yeah. it doesn't feel crowded because it's so spread out versus well, okay. I, you New know, York. Yeah. You know, that's, that's yeah. the thing. Actually, Phoenix it's felt relative. kind of free. It was, it was nice and, Again, it was warm. The sun was out. It was beautiful. I love the desert, man. And I love the Phoenix desert. Yeah. It's, it's very beautiful down there. Suns, you know, the Phoenix Suns, of course. Uh, I finally got a chance to get a Suns Valley jersey, which I'll wear next time because um, cool. I got to cut the tags off. You know what's crazy is the flying experience. 
I've heard some good ones, some good experiences from friends of ours who have flown. And then I've heard some horror stories lately because of masks and COVID and everything else. And, you know, just people have been freaking out. And of course you've seen the people who have been drugged off the plane, you know, we're going to drag them off the plane. We're going to, you know, you, uh, it was all the crap going on. Right. I've heard that. And it's from people I know too. So huh. I'm not going to lie I'm, that I've been lucky. I've been lucky. Yeah, And that's good because like I said, I've, I've heard some other positives, but I'm not going to lie that I was pretty anxious about flying just yeah. because of what's been going on. Right. Also, it's just been that whole, like, you know, no offense to people, but people, they will fly when they're sick and they don't care if they spread it to someone else. They just don't. Because they just got to get where they're going. Which is, by the way, a bunch of bull. Get a refundable ticket or get a change fee and and don't fly when you're sick. But hey, whatever. People do it anyway. And there were people that were on the plane. (laughs) Really? Oh, God. I'm like, come on, guys. Oh, wow. Wow. Come on. I haven't haven't had that yet. It's so disrespectful. Um, (laughs) It just is. But see, that's my agenda. I I love respect. You know, but when people are just like thinking about themselves and not considering anyone else, that's a pet peeve. As everybody knows. Yeah. So thank God, though. the flight over was not that bad. I didn't hear that kind of thing. Coming back, there was a lot, but it was like way behind us. Okay. Um, thankfully, not we were more in the matters. front of the plane. Uh, yeah, at least they weren't good. coughing like in my face but, or all that. Well, and we were you wearing had your N95s. On, right? Yeah, N95s. Yeah, yeah. So. so we were protected. Uh, yeah. And of course, we, you know, we took a lot of precautions, get a lot of sleep, you know, eat healthy, do your vitamins and everything else, you know, do the best you can, right? right. But other than that, it was a really positive experience, far better than I expected. Um, we didn't have any delays, miraculously. Just it yeah. was really nice, and I got to tell you, I just, I love flying anyway, so it was just so nice to fly again. Um, but anyway, it was a good experience for us. No one was belligerent. No one was having any issues. People were just doing their thing, and it was pretty chill. So anyway, good. just FYI. Um, but yeah, dude, you mentioned uh, you know spring and March Madness is in full swing, and. Mm-hmm. All of my teams are out. Every one of them, of course, Colorado State is out. And like all the seven or eight teams that I was going to root for all got knocked out on, I think, in the first round, actually. It was just like, wow. Uh, No more dog in the fight. It's sad, too, because with uh, Colorado State, you know, they. I'm starting to. So, first of all, I think, oh, Michigan, okay, they're 11 seed. Colorado State's a six seed. They should beat them, right? Well, now you start getting some background. I've not followed Michigan, but Michigan went, you know, pretty dang far last year, of course. And they were expected to get to at least the final four this year and then had a really tumultuous season. I, I, from what I understand, but apparently they worked it all out once they hit the NCAA (laughs) and not only did they beat CSU, they beat number three, Tennessee, who was favored to destroy Michigan. So you're just like, (sighs) no fair, no fair. A lot of people were actually, and this is not just Colorado state. This was actually people on ESPN that, you know, have no interest in CSU particularly. They all were saying, you know, CSU kind of got shafted in this matchup (laughs) because it was, well, they were matched up against these two seven foot one players, you know, and CSU doesn't have an answer for that right now. The centers for CSU are timid. I like them, but they're not intense enough, you know? Uh, they get walked okay. all over. So it was it was one of those kind of disappointing games. I'm not going to lie. But, you know, they did a good job and they learned a lot. But um, it was just kind of like they should have gone at least to the second round. They should have been able to, if not the Sweet 16. But matchups kill you, man. Yeah. That's what it is. And they, can um, only, they can only match you up, match teams up based on, you know, various statistics and whatnot. And apparently, like you said, Michigan, yeah. you know, got their got their heads on straight and uh, and decided to start taking the tournament 
you know, take the tournament as seriously as it should be taken. And yeah. CSU was a victim of that. So I think, well, <laughs> and what's interesting is how many people were talking about that this matchup was, um, that would, they weren't going as far as saying it was rigged, but they were saying it wasn't nice how they did it. And it wasn't, it was almost not even fair. It was um, almost like a, like it was favoring Michigan to like, okay, heavily. we're going to give you a really easy team in the first Oh, round well, not and, even an easy team. We're going to give you a team that you can beat because of your size and some of the strengths that you have. And CSU has no answer for that. Okay. It, you know what? It is what it is. And yeah. life's not fair, but it was interesting just kind of reading about how some of the, some of the people were kind of saying that wasn't a very fair matchup. And again, but they would have matched up I eventually think. probably, but yeah. not in the first round. So whatever it is, what it is. Um, I, I, I got to believe that this stuff is not rigged, but sometimes you wonder. Hey, there's stories out there, man, and and it's documented that that sports games, college and pro, are often rigged by by a player or the or a referee or yeah. and it's not like fully rigged. It's not like everyone gets together and say, okay, we're gonna win by this many, and you guys just allow that, okay? You know, and it's like it's like one yeah. person in a game that that has some sort of control, even though it's minimal, and it it happens a lot. So, oh yeah, well, yeah. You know, we keep talking about how some of the Big East teams, they're, they draw the best players and, you know, the Mountain West teams don't. No, of course not. It's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. But so when you get, I, it is kind of interesting. It's like watching a college team get matched up with an NBA team and you just <laughs> go, how do you compete against that? I mean, there's just, right. there's no way. It's not even, it's not really fair, you know, but it is what it is. It happens. Yeah, I mean, I was even, uh, there was a Suns game. I didn't get to watch it because it wasn't recorded, but it was interesting to kind of read back some of the stuff. And they were talking about how one of the guys jumped up and one of the Suns guys, another, the defender came in too close. And so when he came down, he landed on the guy's foot and screwed up his ankle, which is considered a flagrant one foul because what that does is it puts the player at physical risk, physical harm risk. And you're not allowed to do that. They didn't even call Wait, a foul at all. The guy when, left when he the game. came down. When he came down on the guy's ankle, was it purposeful? No, no, no. He jumped up for the shot, and as he came yeah. down, the guy stepped in too close. Yeah. So that the the floor wasn't there. His the defender's foot was there, and so he landed on the defender's foot and rolled his ankle. Right. Which so, is the defender should be getting a flagrant one foul because you're putting yourself in a position oh, to physically harm. Himself. Okay. I hadn't thought of that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, well, and I didn't okay. really understand that, but it does make sense. You're, you're, you're defending in a way that can potentially physically harm somebody, which exactly is what happened. And he left the game because of, and he might be out for a while and he's one of the sun oh. starters and they didn't even call a foul at all. But it was just kind of mm. like, that's actually, and, and you know, the people were saying that that is a flagrant one, but anyway, apparently the calls were really, really, really bad and were favoring the Kings, the Sacramento Kings. Um, and this is according, I didn't, get to, I didn't get to watch it. I'm just reading just because it wasn't on. I couldn't see it, but I was right. reading about it. And, but the sun still won. Like they pulled it out because they were like, well, you know, even despite horrible ref calls and unfair kind of advantage towards the Kings uh, and a couple of other things, the Kings were playing amazing, but the sun still pulled it out. So I'm like, you know, so life's not fair, but do you overcome it? Do you find a yeah. way to fight past all of the things that are against you, which happens to us all the time? That's the key. That's yeah. my in- encouragement. Sports are a good analogy for the rest of life in some yeah. ways. Yeah. Yeah. So dude, speaking of uh, analogies for life, how's your health going? 
Yeah. Hey, dude. So great news since we last talked uh, on the show. Uh, My wife and I signed up for a Pilates class starting in mid-April. Dude. All right. Yeah. Yeah, So we're pulling the trigger. I I was going to do it. And then she's like, I want to do it with you. So uh, that was, that's great. I'd I'd much prefer to do it with her than by myself. So I'm still counting calories. I've been doing it, you know, very uh, um, faithfully for the last three weeks now, I guess. And uh, I've been staying under 2,000 a day most days. It's pretty easy to stay under 2,000 a day, which is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but last week, I had a cheat night. I, yeah. I have cheat nights. Once a week, I'll have a cheat night. Yeah. And, uh, and I had a cheat night go off the rails last week. <laughs> um, I had 1,200 calories of dessert alone. Yeah. That night. By itself, dessert. Awesome. And let me tell you this. So an apple dumpling, about four by four, about four inches by four inches square, an apple yeah. dumpling, yeah. A, a, an average apple dumpling is about 700 and some calories by itself. Ridiculous. So when you add four after that, when you add vanilla ice cream on top of that and two small peanut butter cookies, all that added up to about 1200 calories. So yeah, that's awesome, man. I want to say a shout out to Mike, by the way, because when we were talking about 2000 calories of vegetables, (laughs) <laughs> which was, you know, was a, a, a hilarious thing. I, I still challenge somebody to try it and see what happens. Uh, I'm not going to do it. He sent a picture of one of the toilets from Lowe's that said can flush 16 golf balls in one flush. And he said, oh, you're going to need that toilet if you do 2000 <laughs> calories of vegetables. <laughs> and I was like, I used to have one of those in our old place and I miss it. Oh, it's just a good the, toilet. I don't know what it is. Something in my brain that go that cringes when I think of, flushing 16 golf balls down a toilet and it's not because oh, it's man. wasting golf balls it's just something about that you know like like you're 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 testing your toilet to see if it clogs i mean can yeah. you imagine if it did clog how much of a pain <laughs> would that be to unclog well they're doing oh. it you know of course in a facility that doesn't utilize a sewage area you know and so if it's a mess it's just right. water Right, right. But it's a marketing gimmick, of course. It just makes me nervous when I think about it. It's like, you know, those things are amazing, though. I mean, the suction, it's almost like airplane suction when you you just want to go to the bathroom and just hit the flush button. You're like, you know, when I when I was a kid, I always wondered when you flush that airline toilet, does it go like this? Does it spray out of the airplane and then just kind of rain down on people? Did you see Joe Dirt? No, I never saw it. Oh, I know what it is, though. That's such yeah, a great David's movie. Made, when he, right? Yeah, when he's, he finds a meteor, you know, and he's he's walking around with a meteor, you know, and he's got it in this this wagon. You know those old radio flyer wagons? Uh-huh. And he's got this meteor because he's all excited. He's like, I love you, meteor. You love you, meteor. And he's eating French fries, and, you know, he's, he puts, he squirts the ketchup on the meteor, and he's dipping his French fries in it. And then later, <laughs> like halfway through the movie, somebody walks up and says, that ain't no meteor. That there's a space peanut. He's like, what? He's like, you know, when planes they flush their toilets and they drop the peanuts out of the <laughs> toilets. He goes, he's like, I've been eating off that. That's awesome. That so space sweet. peanut. Dude, yeah, David Spade, he went to my high school in Phoenix or in Scottsdale. Really? So. Same time? Yeah. Saworo High School. No, he was oh. like a good probably five to ten years before me. So I guess he um, is older. Yeah, I didn't think about yeah. I only I mean I think of his older movies and I don't he doesn't age because of that. Yeah, I don't know what yeah. he looks like right now. I don't either. I haven't seen him forever. But cool. anyway, uh, yeah, so so that day, speaking of the where day. I had the 1,200 1, calories, yeah, that that day I did like thirty five hundred calories total. So fifteen hundred more than 
what I'm supposed to be doing. So that's a cheat day, folks. So when you have, when you're on kind of like a diet, like, and I'm not on a diet, I'm just counting my calories. I'm holding myself accountable for what I consume. Uh, When you're doing that and you have a cheat day, you're allowed to go off the rails like that. And I totally did. So, and fun fact, Tim Ferriss has shown this based on his little four hour body thing that I read a long time ago. Mm -hmm. He encourages cheat days because for people who are, especially when they're trying to lose weight, And also Mm -hmm. in general, trying to get your blood work as you're eating healthier and healthier, you know, you're going to drop weight quickly and then, you know, your, your body's going to start to adapt quickly, but then it's going to start leveling off because it gets used to limited calories or, you know, healthier foods and that kind of thing. So his whole thing is, you know, if you're trying to really lose weight, you want to have that cheat day so that you, like you said, go off the rails and then it kind of, it resets your body. Like your body's like, whoa, oh, I got to crank up the metabolism again to deal with all this, you know? And then you're really healthy again and all that. And it just, it helps to get into a place a little faster. And I did an experiment with it and it worked. It was amazing. And my blood work numbers actually, even though the cheat day, I mean, like I went crazy. (laughs) And I I mean, to the point where like I'd go to bed feeling (laughs) sick and then I'd be like, I don't want to eat sugar. But then, you know, like yeah, the first three days I'd feel great. And then I'd be like, oh, I can't wait for my cheat day. And then I'd punish myself and then I'd feel sick. And then it was just kind of that whole, I don't want to eat this much yeah. sugar anymore. And then I started eating less and less sugar and less junk on my cheat day to the point where I was in a good place. Yeah. And my blood work numbers were like, perfect. And then I lost the whole thing and I need to get back on that. You Dude, inspire me. Um, well, so, and you inspired me. So I'm, I'm, I'm very happy with how things are going. I'm down, I'm down six pounds from when I started so far. Nice. So good, man. It's a slow decline, but that's because I'm not going like 1700 calories a day. And yeah, so it's, but even it's then a, it's, it's a good, it's a good rate of weight loss. Let's put it that way. It's more sustainable yeah. too. It is. Yeah. Long because term. I'm not, I'm not really dieting. I'm just watching what I eat. So yeah, which there is I a think difference. is good. Cause I think a lot of us, yeah. we get a tendency to just, you don't realize how much you eat in a day. You don't realize even, you know, when you're until you start counting. Yeah. And the thing is, is I don't, I I personally couldn't count calories, but I like the concept because it causes me to kind of say, wait, should I eat this bag of potato chips right now? No, I'm going to go have something else, you know, or should I eat the sugar? No, I I really shouldn't eat, you know, because you're you're paying attention to what you're eating and then you start to realize, and I I just don't think about it. And I just, you know, grab, of course, I'm not somebody who just snacks. I know a lot yeah, of people who just grab food and all of a sudden they look down and they went, oh my gosh, I didn't realize I ate all that. And right. I don't do that personally, but I, do, I know a lot of people that do and, and I know how much of a struggle it is. Right. Yeah, no, it, 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 it's like I'm budgeting my calories now and I don't even think about it. Uh, I just, yeah. I, I have that spreadsheet and I look at it each day. Okay, I've had one of these, one of these, one of these. Uh, here's a new food. So I'll, I research it a little bit to see how many calories are roughly. And yep. then uh, I've had one of these, one of these. Um, and so I'm like, okay, I'm at, I'm at 1800 for the day. I can afford to have that Activa yogurt for another snack before bed or something like that. Or, you know, like before, before eight o'clock, you know, so it's got probiotics. Yeah. It's just giving me, well, especially that Activa, it it gives me, it gives me visibility of what I'm consuming and that's what holds me automatically accountable. That's good. So yeah. Well, I hope it's sustainable too. And or, you know, a modified version as you go, but you know, keep doing it, man. I think it's a good thing. Yeah. I, I keep thinking too, cause it's so funny. You think about, you know, COVID, I, I kind of lost it a little bit, you know, I gained some weight and I know a lot of us did. And of, of did. course I wasn't able to exercise for over a year really, um, except walk. I mean, that was about, or go on a bike ride, you know, in the, in the summertime and stuff, but mm. 
I've been back and doing all kinds of stuff, but the weight hasn't come off and I'm frustrated by that. And I know that that's going to require me getting almost militant about it and which I know is not going to be fun and it's actually going to kind of suck for a while, but I might have to, but I keep thinking about, okay, so, you know, with certain clothing and stuff like that, okay, well, I need to lose weight so that I can look good in this clothing or I can fit into that clothing or whatever. And then you start to go, dude, it's really not about that. I mean, yeah, that's important, but I mean, I guess for some people that's, that's really important, but I'm thinking (laughs) long-term health, good blood work, you know, staying healthy, not having to deal with, you know, the doctor coming up to you and saying, well, now we have to do this because you did this, you know, now you you're could have prevented it, but now you didn't. And so I don't want to go there. I don't want to be that kind right. of, per- I, yeah. you're borderline diabetic. Granted uh, on the positive note, positive side of that is that the borderline diabetic numbers are lower than they used to be. Oh, interesting. Which I think is a good thing because it's trying to get people to kind of think about it sooner than later. Um, True. But once you actually, yeah. it used to be uh, quite a bit higher as far as the numbers go. And so they would. Like literally borderline diabetic. <laughs> yeah, it was. And, and now it's like, hey, you got, you're okay, but don't, don't like, you know. Yeah. Chill out on vigilant. the carbs and sugar. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, that's all it's about. Chilling out on the carbs <laughs> and sugar. I don't, I no longer snack on pretzels all weekend like I used to. I just want um, sugar right now. Sure. Yeah. I, I just, I don't, I don't go out and get a, a, uh, a blizzard once a month anymore. I, or I could yeah. though. I, on my cheat day, once I could totally do that. I just haven't done it. Yeah. But I mean, I'm just, I, that's a bad example. Cause you're right. That wasn't egregious. It, but the, like, like spe- it's, it's especially the carbs, uh, yeah. the carb snacks. I just don't do them anymore. Uh, yeah. I just, and I'm fine. I'm okay. So I, my only snack now is a, is kind bars and yeah. those little yogurts and, um, and smoothies. That's it. Fruit smoothies, no sugar, by the way, or, yeah ice cream or anything like that. It's just it's good milk. That's See, it. so. that's good, dude. Yeah. All right. Well, coming up, we're going to have a couple of interesting weeks here because you know, you're, you're going on walkabout. So I'm not even really quite sure what next week's episode is going to look like as far as, are we going to have an episode? Are you going to be within cell range? You know, can you get on your phone and do video like that? Right. I don't know what to do. So next week is when I'm just giving you guys an update that it, it might be one of those uh, up in the air kind of things, but right. the week after you're going to be actually here in Colorado. And so then we're going to get together in the studio and uh, maybe yes. we'll make that your cheat day and have some fun and, you know, try a bunch of something. Yeah. I don't know. You know, I'm going to, I might have more than one cheat day this coming two weeks. <laughs> uh, you know, when you're on vacation, it's hard. It's yeah. harder because you're not in your, you're not in your um, routine anymore. So I've become very routinized as far as what I'm, what I consume lately. And, and so now that I'm going out of that routine, I'm expecting to, I'm still going to count my calories, but I'm expecting to be a little more loosey goosey about it. So, yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, but I'm excited, dude, you're going to New Mexico. You're going to see, again. yeah, doing doing some fun stuff down there. So you're going to what, a Santa Fe area? Area. Yeah. So Taos and, uh, good. And uh, around there. So, yeah. yeah dude. Um, Just, te- teach me a rain dance or something when you come back. I want to know like one yeah, of those. Learn, learn a Navajo rain dance. I'll have to see if I yeah, can find one. you really and cool. Let you know. I would like to actually learn it so that we can start having more rain here. <laughs> we do live in a high desert, so I'm not sure how, you know, realistic yes. that is. But uh, yes. yeah, that'll be fun, dude. You know, yeah. I mentioned earlier the Phoenix Suns and stuff like that. And I wanted to, I got to talk about this, dude. This guy's one of the players they picked up recently and I didn't know about who this guy was until they actually picked him up but his name is Bismack Biombo. He's been around for a little while but 
Uh, man, he's been a great addition to the Phoenix Suns recently. And then I see this article that he is donating his entire NBA salary from this season to building a hospital in the, uh, the DRC, the Democratic Republic of Congo, which is his wow. home home country, and also to honor his late father. And I just thought, wait a minute, like you hear about NBA guys who are, you know, they're donating a portion of their salary or like, you know, here's a hundred thousand dollars, which is like pocket change to them. Boy, yeah. the entire salary for this year, like really? That's wow. the first time I think I've heard that. Now, granted, granted, it's only one point three million, <laughs> which is a lot of freaking money. But That's a, a lot, lot of money. These guys yeah. make well, you know thirty, forty million or more right. a year, and so one point three is a drop in the bucket compared to some of those guys. But for right. the rest of us, you know, what could you do with one point three million? Holy cow! And you're thinking, well, that is an higher income for this entire year. Yeah. I mean, obviously also, he's able to, to stay in food and, and housing in, in spite of that, but still he may be, I mean, I don't know. I don't know the guy, but he he, savings. Yeah, I was going to say he may be living significantly below his means and donating. I mean, for all I know, but he has a, a foundation that he created. Uh, it's actually called the Bismack beyond Bo foundation. And also they've donated somewhere along the lines of a million dollars so far in medical supplies for the DRC as well. Um, you know, with this whole, basically with the whole COVID stuff, they're trying to help people. They're trying to get people going. So he's been doing a ton of stuff for the Congo, but it's just, I don't know. That is unleashing the superhero. When you see somebody who is donating their entire annual salary to someone else besides them. Uh, and yeah, again, yeah, fully. he probably has plenty of money, but still it doesn't matter. You know, it's the right think about wherever you are, you know, whatever your salary is. Could you do that? Could you say, no. you know, well, I've been making enough money. I'm going to donate this entire year's salary. Yeah. Most no, of us mo- can't do that. But yeah. do you get to a point where you give away it, you know, whatever you're making to the point where it hurts. So yeah, a lot of people don't no, do that. This guy is the epitome of a superhero. I mean, it, yeah. it's, if, if any, if any person could be a real superhero, uh, this is it. This is how you do it. This is one of those ways. So yeah, uh, yeah kudos to him. That's really awesome. Kudos to Bismack. I love that. What a cool name. Hey, literally, literally cool story, bro. Hey, thank you. Thank you. It is uh, origin time. And what I'm excited about is we're going to be talking about the origin of. Now, this is me in a nutshell. Help. I'm in a nutshell. How did I get into this nutshell? Look at the size of this bloody great big nutshell. What sort of shell has a nut like this? I mean, this is crazy. Uh, Okay, there you go. There's. Thank you, Austin. Yeah. What is in a nutshell about? Yeah. Yeah, So where did that come from? So uh, I got the best uh, answer from a website I haven't seen before. It's called saywhydoi.com. Like Uh saywhydoi.com. So the idiom in a nutshell is used when you want to say that the description you're giving is concise to the point and brief. Uh, It is the information boiled down to its simplest form. The question is, where do nuts enter this equation? Yeah, It is thought that the first use of the phrase in a nutshell was a literal one. It was used by Pliny the Elder. He's a very famous ancient historian in 77 AD in the text Natural History. It's like the first natural history text ever written. Uh, And Pliny tells us that fellow famous Roman Cicero, who many of you have heard about, told him that he saw a copy of the famous poem Homer's Iliad being miniaturized so that the whole text written on tiny parchment could fit in a walnut shell. (laughs) Very impressive for back then, by the way. Yeah. Um, now, these days, they can print the entire Bible on something the size of a pinhead. Uh, 
wow. but you have to use a microscope to read it. Yeah. That's actually something they can do. Um, so throughout history, this incredible feat was repeated with various other texts being miniaturized, including the Bible. Later, one man named Huet, Bishop of Avranche in France, tested the miniaturization of the Iliad, fitting the whole thing onto a piece of parchment sized about 10 and a half inches by eight and a quarter inches. Wow. Uh, to achieve this, he had to write 80 verses of poetry, 80 verses of poetry in a single line. Oh my gosh. When the final paper was filled with multiple writing, it could indeed fit in a nutshell. Now, all those, this is all very interesting, clearly, uh, but copying the whole of the Iliad in full detail is a far cry from how we describe the Iliad in a nutshell today. Mm -hmm. uh, using today's phrase, the Iliad in a nutshell would be written in an abbreviated shortened form where the text would only contain the paraphrased brief main gist of it, like, like a, um, the cliff notes. Cliff notes. Cliff notes. Yeah. Yep. So that, those are in a nutshell. So how did the phrase in a nutshell come to mean brief and concise? The idea of having a detailed amount of information containing all the facts neatly contained in a small compact nutshell somehow evolved into the idea of having just the facts you need minus the superfluous waffle hmm. in a nutshell gradually became connected to the idea of information itself become compacted. So there you have okay. it. Interesting. That's, yeah. the, that's the best explanation I could find, but it, I mean, it still doesn't say why. I mean, really the reason I'm extrapolating the reason that it was that, that they used on that Pliny used a nutshell is just because it's a, it was a small container mm -hmm. that everyone knew about back then. You know, everyone knew what a, what a walnut was. So, and we, they all knew that you had to crack a walnut open. You had two halves of a shell if you did it right. And then you could, I mean, they played games with the shells and stuff. So mm. it was a common, it was a common object that people were familiar with back then. And so, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. You well, you're right. Like trying to get it into something small, uh, essentially saying, I mean, it makes sense. It if that's essentially actually what happened, means cut to the chase. Yeah. yeah there you go. Cut to the chase. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, shout out to the Wraith too when we were talking about uh, Debbie Downer two weeks ago. And he's like, okay, I need to know that one now. So that's coming <laughs> up, by the way. Uh, that's on the list. That was a good one. Yeah, De Debbie Downer and Negative Nancy. I mean, the obvious answer is they came about because of, of the alliteration. Negative Nancy. You're being negative. What, Ryan, sure. what, what's, what else starts with an N? Nancy. Uh, you're being a downer. What else starts with D, uh, D? Debbie. Why they're both female names is interesting. How and many why male names do and why Karen was brought into the uh, issue in the yeah. recent year-ish. I want to know that sexist. one too. Why? Why did Karen all of a sudden get the the shaft? So we're gonna yeah we're gonna yeah. talk. I think we should just do kind of all of that <laughs> in uh, yeah. in origin. That'll be good. Yeah. Well, I gotta tell you, uh, you know, we're not reviewing this, and that's totally fine again. But you know, just <laughs> by the way, on the plane coming home, I watched mm -hmm. episode two of Picard, and okay. I was just sucked in. And then of course, you know, they're like. Boo! all right, everybody, you know, close everything up, turn everything off. I'm like, uh -huh. dang it. I got like six minutes left. So then I came <laughs> home and, you know, the next night I decided to watch the other, the last six minutes of episode two. And I'm like, oh, I'll just start episode three and see what happens. And I'm thinking like, yeah, I'll watch like 15 minutes. And then all of a sudden I'm like, okay, I think it's been 15 minutes. And then the uh, credits roll. And I was like, wait, I just watched 55 <laughs> minutes of episode three. What just happened? I was, here's the thing, man, completely sucked in. I love season two so far. Uh, I, I know that, yes, there are some issues with the modern day Picard that people have had, you know, that it's not like TNG. Some uh -huh. of those things are still there. I'm just looking past them. I want a good story. 
I think so far these three episodes of season two far, far better than season one. Far better. Okay. I thought yeah. season one was fine. Yeah, um, it was fine. But season two so far is just like, oh my gosh, just sucked in. So exciting. Yeah. Really engaging. Not everybody's going to like it, but I think it's highly recommended if you're a Star Trek fan whole wholeheartedly. Yeah. I mean, I, I like, I'm enjoying it really well so far as well. It, it feels like good Trek so far. I mean, it's, I understand why there was controversy about, you know, both discovery and season one of Picard, but, mm-hmm. but season two so far feels like more Trekish. I don't know, but I just have to, I have one complaint guys, one complaint. When you come out of warp next to the sun, you can't see the earth right there. It's like they come out of warp next to the sun. Zoop, there's the earth, this little marble in the distance. I mean, that's just, it's so, I mean, Star Trek's never been hard sci-fi. That's, that's fine. It's not supposed to be hard sci-fi, but that's just going way over the top for me. And I just, I, I just, it rolled, I had an eye rolling moment. So, yeah. You know, to say that um, older Trek used to be significantly harder sci-fi, it did. Newer compared Trek. to that, certainly no. But even in general, uh, they they actually used to hire technical advisors and people who would come in. They they consulted scientists and they would say, "How can we get this to be as realistic as possible?" Based yeah. on the fact that it's three four hundred years in the future, obviously we're going to take a lot of liberties. But how can we make this right. as realistic as possible? And they've always done a really good job with that for the most part. Until now, <laughs> modern Trek has just kind of thrown all that out the window. I mean, yeah, even, even right. we've, I've complained about a lot of the stuff that Discovery's done. That's just like so not even realistic. All right. The yeah. other thing I was going to mention really quick is Murderville. You know, I, I think I talked about this. It's been almost a couple of months ago now and we finished it by the way. Here's the thing. Sarah loved it. I showed it to her. We watched oh, the yeah. first episode with Conan O'Brien, which was a great episode by the way. I got to tell you though, the episode three was probably my favorite of, of the entire series. Oh, <laughs> we laughed so hard in episode three. I was like, okay, that was gold right there. And then the other episodes were fun. They weren't as good, but it really depended on who they brought in, which was kind yeah, of fun. Cause yeah. you know, it's, it's a guest of celebrity course. and all that. And how well did they work with, uh, you know, with what's his name? Until he's missing his name. Job. Yeah. Gob. Gob. Uh, but my <laughs> gosh, I mean, uh, it was fun. It was six episodes. They're short, totally recommended. It's such a different type of show. So, you know, if you wanted yeah. to check out Murderville, I, I mean, highly recommend it. It's fun. It's very fun. Now, the other thing was that the show Librarians, which came out, I want to say 2013, 2014, something like that. And then it ended I've in never, 2018. I've never heard of Librarians. The, the Librarians? Yeah. So was in that? 2000, what was it? Five or six, they had the Librarian movie. Oh, and then they had ended up being three of those. And I mean, it was pretty cheesy. It's just kind of this fun little Indiana Jones meets magic meets something else. You know, they did okay. three movies, which were a lot of fun. And then they decided they would do a TV show out of it. They did four seasons. And honestly, it was it was a blast, dude. We watched a handful of episodes many years ago, I think when it was airing. But, you know, we were having a hard time getting the episodes and stuff like that at the time. And so now we have them all and we've been going through them you know, actually sequentially and all that. But it's like, what a fun yeah. show. Like I said, I told you, Indiana Jones meets magic. You know, it's really, really cool. There's a lot of really fun stuff in it. There's some characters in there that you're like, where are these people? You know, they talk about being immortal or they've been around a long time. I'm like, hmm, who is that? And then they reveal, you're just like, that is so cool. So anyway, fun, positive show. It's cheesy, but it's refreshing. And then Captain, are you a, an M. Night Shyamalan fan? <laughs> <laughs> I used to be back, back in his heyday when Sixth Sense and uh, what was what was this first one? Uh, well, um, six. Well, even I thought Sign. Sixth Sense was the first one, wasn't it? 
It might have been his and first then big Signs. blockbuster. Signs was good. Then so the Village. The, back, and, the Village, yeah. yeah. Back in the day, Lady back in Moore. the early 2000s, I was more of a fan. Now, yeah. now I just kind of feel like he's a has-been and I'm not interested anymore. But that doesn't mean I don't think, that doesn't mean that his stuff can't be good. Yeah. So I haven't seen anything from him recently. I'll tell you that, you know, Signs and Sixth Sense, and uh, those are probably the best, to be honest. I mean, The Village had some good moments. Lady in the Water was good, had good moments. I think what was the one with the uh, the the knowing or the happening or something like that? That was that the one where they're they're running away from spores in the air or something? Yeah, or something. And that was an okay one. Ewan McGregor was in it. uh, Yeah, I I don't even know, but there were some weird ones he did. And then I I saw something else that I was like, wait, that's M Night Shyamalan. I don't know, but didn't he do the whole trilogy with um, Unbreakable? Yeah, that was was him, right? Yeah. I think so. Jeez, now I'm... How, how do I not Samuel, know that? Samuel L. Jackson and, yeah. uh, and uh, Bruce Willis was one of them at least. Um, I'm going to anyway. solve this right now. Find out. I'm almost Why? positive it was. I loved that trilogy if that actually is, you know, true. <laughs> but uh, let me just check because now I'm curious. I'm, I'm yeah. almost positive it is. Yeah, it is. Okay. So he wrote that okay. trilogy. I loved it. Cool. Unbreakable okay. was great. Um, to me, the... Uh, Split was phenomenal. That was just one of his. I think it's been one of his best movies. And then, okay. of course, you know, the last one was. It was pretty good. Glass. It was. Um, I liked it. I mean, let's just put it that way. But to me, Split was the best. Regardless, he had one that came out. I think it was just this last year called Old. Okay. And I was for whatever reason. I mean, I didn't see it in the theater, of course. And for whatever reason, I was just kind of like, ah, hey, you know, whatever. I'll, I'll watch it eventually. And then I got the movie, and I was just kind of sitting there, like, I'm gonna watch this. And then eventually, I'm like, oh, dude, I need to watch this movie. It was weird. Um. I'm not going to lie. Like it was one of those where I was sucked in. I couldn't stop watching it. I watched all the way to the end, but there were some parts. Okay. One thing I loved about signs and sixth sense is that it was genuine suspense and it had the twisting of the endings and stuff like that. And it was just one of those like, Oh my gosh, I didn't see that coming. And that was so good. Well, old still has that same exact formula, but, um, you know, the ending wasn't as surprising as, you know, it's been in the past, but it was still kind of like, Oh, okay. That was interesting. But mm-hmm. I kind of predicted some of it, which is not usual. If, uh, if you're an right. M night Shyamalan fan, you usually can't predict it. Cause it's, it's, he's, he's a good writer on that, but it was interesting. Um, there were some very disturbing scenes and by disturbing, I mean, just like imagine yourself in that moment. And it was, it was kind of terrifying in that sense. So hmm. I was shocked uh, a little bit and also not like a horror or anything. It was just like, oh, wow, that was interesting. So I kind of go like, did I like it? Um, I was sucked in and I, I found myself really captivated by it. And I really well, enjoyed, enjoyed the moment. But then when I got done with it, as I was thinking about it, I went, huh, did that better my life or not? I don't know. <laughs> so... It was just interesting, uh, but I'd be curious to know who else watched uh, old and, and yeah. yeah. What did you think of it? Um, yeah. What, what do you think of M night Shyamalan now? Because my goodness, I just remember when he came out, he was kind of the hot top talk of the town, man. Yeah. For a few years he was big. So yeah. 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 All right. Talk about uh, one of the games you've played recently. I played Marvel's guardians of the galaxy. It was on, it was on steam. It's not, you can get it multiple different places, but this was a pleasant surprise for me. I, you, know, I'm, you all know I'm a Marvel fan, uh, especially with the MCU movies for the most part. And uh, this game, it was like playing a very good Guardians of the Galaxy movie 
And I wish it had been the plot for the second movie instead of what we got. I mean, honestly, it was, it was, the game was better than the second movie. I don't know if it was, it was about as good as the first movie, but it was better than the second movie because I didn't really like the plot in the second movie that much. Uh, It was the the character development, the character development in the game was superb uh, and seemed to be based more on the comics than the movies. So the characters were all the same and they had the same feel and 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 they interacted the same way, but their origin stories were a little different. And so, there was very beautiful art design on top of everything else and a ton of great 80s music for the soundtrack. So if you nice. like Guardians of the Galaxies and you play computer games, I really strongly recommend this. It was a really fun journey. That's awesome. So, yeah. And you know, you're right about the second, I went back and watched the second Guardians of the Galaxy movie and the first time, I, I mean, I enjoyed it, but the second time I was just kind of like, ooh, yeah, that really was not a great movie. So it would be fun to try this. I was going to get it because I think it was, 40 well i think it was on sale for 40 dollars, yeah. and then it was 60 dollars normally and then right. i just got a notification that if you have xbox game pass it's free right now so oh, hey. i am there grabbing that and i'm gonna play it while yeah I can. if you have xbox game pass grab that because i seriously you're gonna have a, you're gonna have up to 30 plus hours of a good time if you play that game i love it and uh mantis remember mantis in the episode in the second oh, yeah. movie yeah she's so much cooler in this game than she is in that movie and she was great in the movie she oh, was I fine yeah but she is a weird chick and that was a fantastic, the, yeah. the way the game, the way they showed her in the game and how she interacted with the guardians was so good. That's so good. yeah, I'll check yeah. it out. Man. Really fun. Really fun. Well, that is what we have been uh, consuming, watching gaming, that kind of thing too. These headphones keep falling off my, my head actually. That's why I keep adjusting them, but you're losing uh, head weight. Yeah. Well, there you go. See, my pants are falling down, which that's why I don't wear them. And then my headphones are falling off. Deep thoughts with Captain Influence. Sometimes when I pass gas, I wonder if I'm contributing to the greenhouse effect in a significant way. Then my wife will pass gas and I realize that I married an environmental terrorist. Well, you know what the music means. Thank you. Thank you for joining us, really. I really appreciate it. And I got to tell you something else. You can go over to realbryanshow.com. <gasps> Did you know that? And you can get show notes and more information and all the episodes ever. We're also on YouTube, you know, for those of you who just, and Patreon. just listen. Yeah, if you, oh yeah, Patreon. Uh, do, do help us out and that would be great. Thank you for joining us. Have a glorious week. And Real Brian Show is signing off. The Real Brian Show is a production of 514 Media at 514mediaempire.com.